Hello, I'm Nick Cater, Executive Director of the Menzies Research Centre and a columnist with The Australian. On Friday, Dan Andrews made vaccinations all but compulsory in the state of Victoria, although he didn't put it in those terms. Instead, his chief health officer issued an extensive list of occupations where workers will need a jab to go about their business. Trappist monks have not been included, as far as we can tell, but from Sunday week, only vaccinated priests will be allowed to preach, providing it's on Zoom. We should be grateful for the Prime Minister's leadership on the vexed issue of compulsory vaccinations. It's understandably a touchy subject. The right to bodily integrity was recognised after the bitterest of experiences, the forced medical experimentations carried out by the Nazi government until 1945. There is room for disagreement on where the boundary lies between encouragement and coercion. The balance between individual rights and responsibilities towards others is equally fraught. It seems reasonable to most people that a healthcare worker should be vaccinated, just as we expect them to wear masks and gloves. The question of whether the same rule should apply to supermarket checkout attendants, car mechanics, journalists, horse trainers, cockroach poisoners and stump grinders, however, is best decided by their employers. The responsibilities of an employer under workplace safety laws are comprehensive and where disputes arise, they can be tested in court. Given the importance of this debate, it is surprising that there has not been more discussion about a decision handed down by the full bench of the Fair Work Commission last week that is utterly germane. The Commission had been asked to rule on a claim for unfair dismissal by a receptionist at an aged care home in New South Wales who had refused to be vaccinated against the flu. Two of the three commissioners hearing the case, Vice President Adam Hatcher and Commissioner Bernie Reardon, concluded that the woman's dismissal was not unreasonable. Among the grounds they offered for dismissing the case was that it would be against the public interest to grant the right of appeal. The decision reads, We do not intend in the circumstances of the current pandemic to give any encouragement to a spurious objection to a lawful workplace vaccination requirement. The Commission's Deputy President, Lyndall Dean, disagreed, however. In a lengthy dissenting judgment, Dean says that the decisions to mandate vaccines are a lazy and fundamentally flawed approach. All Australians should vigorously oppose the introduction of a system of medical apartheid and segregation in Australia, Dean writes. It is an abhorrent concept and is morally and ethically wrong, and the antithesis of our democratic way of life and everything we value. One doesn't have to agree with Dean's conclusions to recognise that she touches on issues of fundamental moral importance. Her dissenting opinion is an important contribution to a vital debate we are doing our utmost not to have. The majority decision that there are no legal grounds to justify an appeal may well be right. Yet even the least vaccine hesitant among us must surely dissent to the notion that public discussion should be suppressed. The Commission's job is to regulate the workplace, not control public debate or insult our intelligence by implying that ordinary people cannot be trusted to separate truth from falsehood. The logic for mandatory vaccination is in any case unclear. The virus is so horrible, few Australians need to be persuaded that the jab is in their own best interest. While the vaccines reduce the personal risk of severe illness or death, however, they do not appear to reduce the collective risks of the virus spreading in the community. 
As Dean writes in her dissenting judgment, the risk of spreading COVID only arises with a person who has COVID. This should be apparent and obvious. There is no risk associated with a person who is unvaccinated and does not have COVID, notwithstanding the misleading statements by politicians that the unvaccinated are a significant threat to the vaccinated, supposedly justifying locking out the unvaccinated from society and denying them the ability to work. Dean refers to the advice from Safe Work Australia that employers cannot rely solely on a vaccinated workforce to minimise the risk of exposure to COVID in the workplace. She argues that testing employees is a far more reliable method for keeping workplaces safe. Testing is now widely used around the world as a risk control for the spread of COVID, she writes. There is absolutely no reason why it cannot be widely used in Australia. Dean goes on to consider the human rights dimension to mandatory vaccinations. She examines the relevance of the 1947 Nuremberg Code and the 1948 Universal Declaration of Human Rights, which recognised the right to bodily integrity. The freedoms we have surrendered to the state in the cause of fighting this pandemic are not trivial. They include the freedom of association, the freedom of movement, the freedom to peacefully protest, the freedom of worship, the freedom of commerce, and the freedom of Australians to enter or leave their country without hindrance. We have lost freedoms so self-evident that we didn't even know we could lose them. The freedom to grieve, the freedom to comfort and be comforted, the freedom to be beside our loved ones in sickness and in health. We have been promised that most of those freedoms would be progressively returned to us by Christmas if we stuck to the vaccination plan. The Australian people are sticking to their side of the deal. As of yesterday, 79.5% of Australians in the most vulnerable age cohort, the over 70s, had been fully vaccinated, while over half the entire adult population are in the same position. At this point on the roadmap, premiers should be restoring liberties, not taking more from us. Yet every day, it seems, the Andrews government finds more freedoms with which to trifle and more areas of our private lives in which the state is willing to trespass. These are not the actions of a Premier acting in good faith. It is the common fate of the indolent to see their rights become a prey to the active, the Irish orator John Philpott Curran wrote in 1790. The condition upon which God hath given liberty to man is eternal vigilance, especially, it seems, in Victoria. I'm Nick Cater for the Menzies Research Centre. 